Hello and welcome to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. Diamond Dave is not feeling too well today. He decided he was going to be best for him to stay home, and I agree. So everybody send your love over to Diamond Dave. If you're listening right now and you're a good friend of his, he is trying to rest up, but he probably would love to hear from you. And if anybody's nearby and wants to go over there and, and uh, check in on him and make sure he's actually, you know, eating some food and, uh, and drinking some water. Um, if you, if you're listening and want to check in on him, um, please do. But I did just talk to him a few minutes ago. Um, he's not feeling well, but you know, he's still Diamond Dave and uh, hanging in. Um, so we wish him a speedy recovery toward, uh, health and, uh, may he, may he be, be bopping around again soon. Uh, he's already looking forward to next Friday. So, uh, you should too. It, it, today is Friday, April 7th and, uh, 2017. And, well, there's a lot going on in the world right now. My, my, my. Um, so um, I've got a couple guests here who are ready to, to jump into this conversation. Uh, on the phone, we've got David Grace, who's uh, called in to discuss what's going on here. And also uh, Gary's here to uh, to kind of jump into the conversation hi, as well. Um, hi, Gary. And um, hello, David. Hey, Val and uh, Gary. Yeah, it's... Uh sunny day well partly sunny day here in the mission we it was raining and i hope dave's feeling better uh, just get out there and glance at the sun catch those vitamin d rays good point that is that you know so many little things that are often overlooked um a little vitamin d can go a long way um so other things that uh that uh, we should address i i was out of town earlier this week um, thankfully, off the grid a little bit. It was nice to get get away, get a little headspace. Um, but of course, you come back and you realize that uh, that the United States military is launching missiles at Syrian government bases, um, which is in essence an act of war, an undeclared act of war. Nothing that uh, Congress approved. Um, this is a, a reactive uh, White House. Um, reacting to some unsubstantiated um, claims that uh, the Assad regime in Syria uh, gassed uh, villages in Syria uh, and uh, which resulted in in uh, dozens of deaths um, and uh, even though that uh, initial reports have said we don't actually know which plane, whose planes were dropping uh, chemical weapons on these innocent people, these civilians, um, but the uh, reactionary nature of the current president and his administration was to, um, well, be, you know, judge, jury, and executioner and go after and start attacking actual government um bases in Syria. Um, so it's a very serious situation. Um, David, what, what's, what, 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 what compelled you to call in today? Well, I, this will be now the 11th call I've made today. I got started at 2.30 this morning, and it's, what, uh, 3 o'clock, so it's about a 12-and-something hour day, and I'm ready to go home and take a nap. But uh, I just, you know, try to pass out good information. I call up radio talk shows all the time, and uh, Dave's been doing this also for years. He and I tried to tag team him some years ago. 
uh, you know, a one-two punch on the same shows. But uh, I noticed uh, there were a couple of enormous diplomatic crimes, actually, that, that uh, Trump was doing. If you remember, he was down in, uh, was it Mar-a-Lago last night with the Chinese uh, prime minister. Is it prime minister or the ambassador? Yeah, the and prime minister. President. Yeah. President Xi. Oh, president, yeah. So yes. They also have a prime it, minister who was not at Mar-a-Lago tonight, last night. Oh, he was not? No, the, pri- the president, Xi, was at Mar-a-Lago yeah, last yeah. night. Yeah, so the president was, right. Yeah, so what's, what's enormous is, is that, you know, if Trump knew that he was going to go launching missiles, uh, you would think that the smartest place would be to do that at the White House, where they have the situation room and he could get all sorts of information at the flash of a wrist or something like that. But instead, he did it down there at Mar-a-Lago, where he would have crowds of people around him. It would be like a Roman circus almost. And in addition, he would basically be uh, inculcating the Chinese uh, president into whatever action he was doing. Uh, The security down there would not be the same as the White House just be in an enormous uh, risk to put the president uh, of China at such a, uh, not just a perilous position, but also a, a diplomatic cross-purpose. Because uh, I, I, I study energy issues. And I, uh, years ago, back in uh, 2013, I discovered Dick Cheney's newest company is a thing called Genie Energy. Uh, G-E-N-I-E, like genie in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And it's if you look it up online, it's uh, genieoilgas.com. And if you go to their main website and then you do the About Us section and then drop down to a thing called the Strategic Advisory Group, you see that Dick Cheney is in league with uh, Woolsey of the CIA. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's in league with uh, Rupert Murdoch in this company. Uh, Jacob Rothschild is in there. He's got uh, Mary Landrew, who was a former senator from uh, Louisiana. She was did virtually nothing when BP poisoned the Gulf of Mexico uh, with the big spill a couple of years ago. Uh, he also got Bill Richardson, who was Bill Clinton's uh, energy secretary. He's also the former governor of, of New Mexico, a Democrat. And there's this cross-section of people who, uh, I think he's also got Robert Rubin, who was uh, Bill Clinton's uh, Treasury Secretary. And this collection of, of creeps have, oh, and he's got Rupert Murdoch as a business partner in this, too. And this collection of creeps have uh, been given the fracking rights in the Golan Heights. And you can do just a kind of a basic Google search of uh, Golan Heights, Dick Cheney, and uh, uh, or Golan Heights, uh, Genie Oil Gas, and you'll see the business transaction where in 2013 Netanyahu sold the fracking rights to this uh, Genie Oil Gas, and that it's uh, their business plan is to run a pipeline across Syria's front yard up into Turkey and then up into Europe. Yes. And so they would be hooking up with what's called the Nabucco Pipeline, which would take it up to Austria, if I remember right. And uh, the 
Syrian government has a real problem with this in that the Golan Heights used to be a part of Syria, and they were captured by Israel in the 1967 war, and Israel never gave it back to them, and now they've sold the fracking rights to Dick Cheney and this other pack of thugs. So if you look at the earliest battles of ISIS, it's pretty clear that they were trying to destabilize the section of, of Syria where they wanted to run the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And just right along the coast, uh, it's, it's actually just like California. They've got a range of mountains and then an inner, uh, an inner long valley that they would be running this pipeline up. And so the first battles are, are right in, uh, in line with where these pipelines go. And it's pretty clear that ISIS has always been a private army of, of genie oil gas. And in fact, some of uh, there's another website that's pretty interesting. It's called Syrian Perspective. I think it's SyrianPerspective.com. And um, and it, what's uh, they've always been alleging that ISIS is in in league with uh, a Cheney and whatnot. And they always have. Uh, uh, this huge comment section in there, and they'll show some of the latest tweets with the latest uh, photographs from various areas. And if you go to that site, uh, as of yesterday, they were claiming this was a Turkish-made uh, uh, gas uh, a collection of gas uh, canisters that were uh, being held by... I'm trying to think if they... Let's see, the bombing at Khan Shakun was conducted properly uh, by the Syrian army. The terrorists under British Slimy Limey Command deliberately placed Turkish-manufactured sarin gas inside a weapons warehouse sure to be bombed by Syrian bombers. When it was bombed, the gases were released, killing over 70 citizens, including women and children. This crime by the British slime should not go unanswered. It goes on from there, but it uh, it alleges that it was uh, a Turkish-made uh, uh, sarin gas uh, collection. And in 2013, there was a similar incident. And uh, that one, they tried to blame on a side also, but it was proven eventually later that it was truly Saudi Prince Bandar that had provided the gas. And he had given it to one of these tiny rebel groups. If I remember right, there were only 13 members of the group. And they had not been trained at all by uh, by Bandar when he gave them the gas, and they were sending mortar uh, rounds of this uh, this gas into a neighborhood, and somebody down in their bunker dropped one of them, and they basically I think they killed nine of their membership, and one of the the only survivors uh, was the one that that uh, disclosed, uh, you know, he was so furious that. They didn't know that they were dealing with sarin gas and that they would never have done such a thing if they had realized what they were doing. And uh, he ended up losing his, you know, uh, son and other other loyal members of their tiny little rebel group. And he was furious at Bandar, and that he was the one that disclosed where the gassing of uh, August of 2013 came from. And uh, that kind of kept Bandar down in the in the bunker for a bunch of years, but apparently uh, they've brought out this uh, sarin gas again and gotten started, uh, you know, creating false flags again. So, you know, 
for uh, Trump to even believe that if you're key, if you keep up with this uh, Syrian perspective, it's very clear that ISIS is losing, and they've been losing for six or eight months, losing badly, and they're on the run. They're kind of heading up to a a, a province called Idlib, and uh, and uh, they're basically being forced into tighter and tighter. Uh, conditions all of these rebel armies don that's fascinating but i really need to respond to several of the things you've said before you continue your very intriguing series of anecdotes that are loosely connected to distractions there are three pipelines in question two going through syria one going through the newly illegally annexed crimea uh, the two going through Syria include the one you mentioned that's backed by the Emirates and goes through Turkey as well, and an additional one that uh, goes directly under the Mediterranean to Europe if it's ever built. Uh, that's first off. Second off, um, this attack would not have occurred unless it suited Vladimir Putin. And when I say this attack would not have occurred... Uh, I find it uh, mildly disturbing that people are really considering that gas may have been put somewhere else, knowing that the Syrian army was going to bomb men, women, and children, and gee, we've set it up. That is an active measures tactic. Vladimir Putin himself today has already blamed the Israelis for doing this. It's interesting you said Turkey. Uh, Blaming others for crimes you commit is standard active measures. So first of all, since Vladimir Putin is blaming the Israelis, I tend to think Putin is hiding something. Second of all, whoever did this, Syrian bombing clearly was involved. Syria doesn't bomb anything unless Vladimir Putin tells them to. Third, Trump had troops in Syria earlier in the week for no obvious reason. Suddenly, there's a natural gas attack a few days later. Did Trump know about the natural gas in, in fact, no, it's not in advance? No, natural gas. It's sarin gas. Pardon me, sarin. Pardon me, sarin gas. And, um... I also have to say that this looks like a mass illegal export of U.S. missile technology to Russia. There was no reason to fire at the initial base, which received approximately 60 hits, or was targeted by 60 missiles at least. It was empty. It was also empty for days. In fact, Russia showed off its poor uh, missile uh arsenal in 2015 and almost 97 percent of them failed to reach within 500 yards of their intended targets now russia crow today hang on a second russia crow today about 23 not hitting target who obtained the wreckage or unexploded missiles that did not meet target or met target how much missile technology transfer occurred for no other reason other than transferring our missile technology to russia who recovered the missile technology, typically including the raid in January in Yemen, which seems to have also been betrayal. Uh, Typically, we retrieve and destroy military equipment. The Osprey that was lost in January was bombed heavily to prevent 
25-year-old technology from falling into enemy hands. The Russian standoff missiles, which are the equivalent of our tomahawks, are awful. They showed them off proudly and they were humiliated. Putin had someone gas children, now three times, because two more gassings occur as a pretext for us giving him the chance to retrieve wreckage or unexploded missiles. This was entirely a matter of military espionage and a war crime and a crime against humanity. Perhaps three now, with three known gas attacks, has occurred just to harvest military tech from the U.S. with Trump's cooperation. There was no reason to target that base with 60 missiles. None. Well, I don't disagree that it's a fire sale and... uh Transferring uh, technology is always an excuse that you have to make new stuff. And uh, so, uh, in fact, I think the U-2 flight back in 1961 or 2, it was, that crashed was kind of that, that there was this excuse to, uh, to give Russia some technology so we would have the excuse to go build something newer and more expensive. And uh, that's one of the reasons why the military-industrial complex got on the nerves of Eisenhower that these guys were always pulling these games to, you know, they knew there was never going to be a World War III. They just needed yeah, uh, the excuse time. to have a top-secret budget that they could steal and, and loot from. But uh, as to uh, to whether, whether or not, uh, let's see, Putin has been aiding the Syrian government if you saw some of the maps of how much ISIS had captured in Syria, there was like one-third of the country was captured at one point. Some of their best oil fields were captured. I actually kind of think what's going on is is that the reason why Bush, Cheney, and Obama, and now Trump have been destabilizing uh, the Middle East uh, is because they basically want to steal the oil with no meters. Uh, just uh, if you remember about a year or so ago, oil was running at about $110 a barrel. And all of a sudden, ISIS had captured so many fields that the price of oil that they were bootlegging was down to $20 a barrel. And the world's uh, uh, barrel price dropped precipitously down to in the 30s and then Right now, it's short of $50. It's in the upper 40s. But the idea that uh, if they destabilize countries entirely, these guys are notorious for, uh, for just hooking up a pump and, and just loading up trucks and, and stealing the oil and selling it on the, on the black market. And, uh, and black market meaning still filled tankers uh, shipping it to the... You know, it could go to the Richmond refinery for all we know, and uh, and they would get it for free, basically. So destabilizing, I, I heard some discussion of why uh, Gaddafi, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, and, and Assad are all under attack. They were all hypothetically republics as opposed to monarchies, and those republics were not in line with uh, with what the oil companies want. Uh, it's, it's kind of a convolution, but if you think about it, uh, a religious government, everything belongs to God, and it's just a tribute that the oil companies pay. 
But a, a republic demands true accounting for costs of production and and costs of wages and all of that. So the people get a choice in, in the minerals uh, price, and the oil companies never like to pay the actual uh, cost of production. So so utter theft is more in line with, uh, with what's been going on. And the destabilizing of the only secure republics uh, is is more of the problem it it's uh i as to whether putin what was the quote you were saying about blaming it on israel uh putin actually blamed the israelis uh i guess it was uh last night here uh friday in russia when he said uh Blame the Jews, which is a typical act of measures tactic. I doubt if he phrased it in that way. Well, frankly, frankly, it's it's a 125-year-old tradition of using anti-Semitism as a false flag technique that he continues to employ. Did he say blame the Zionists? Frankly, that's a matter of translation that's irrelevant. I did not interrupt you while you were... Absolutely. Albert Einstein was a Zionist to begin with, but by the end of his life, he realized that the Zionists had been taken over by uh, by by basically organized crime. Meyer Lansky uh, and and Bugsy Siegel were providing arms, and they were basically blackmailing uh, Ben Gurion and and some of the uh, the uh, uh, Israelis who were trying to create uh, you know early Israel. And there are many books that are written about this. Uh, um, it's it's in. Uh, uh, I was reading a Meyer Lansky biography here just not too long ago. It's also written in a book called The Last Mafioso uh, by a was it Louis the Weasel Fracciano, and he's talking about he was asked to come to Bugsy Siegel's uh, home one night when uh, Menachem Begin was there, and they were doing a fundraiser and and. Uh, Louis the Weasel Fracciano, who was a hitman, uh, didn't he? He knew that that uh, Bugsy Siegel didn't care anything about Israel, but he uh, he they basically grabbed I think something like three quarters of a million dollars that night uh, for fundraising for arms for early Israel, and loaded it on a ship, and then that ship mysteriously sank. And Fracciano catches Siegel a month or so later and says. Did, did you really pocket that, you know, that arms cash and, you know, rip off early Israel? So it's it's pretty plain that that and and you, Albert Einstein started petitions uh, to keep Menachem Begin from coming into the United States because he saw the organized crime ties to Begin. So Israel and the you know there's a great difference between, you know, Reformed Jews and Zionists and Orthodox Jews. I mean, there's, the Zionists are more like land speculators who are pretending to be, uh, uh, you know, uh, Orthodox. And, uh, well, I think, I think kind of on that note, more, um, kind of more broadly, I think what we're saying here, and I know that, that the two of you are kind of coming from different perspectives on, on, uh, you know, uh, starting points necessarily, but I think what we're really seeing 
is the interests of those who profit from war. Um, they need uh, oil for war. Uh, that if you can profit from oil, and um, and you're in your consortium, uh, you're also making money from weapons. I mean, the United States is partners with Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, Saudi Arabia uh, gives us uh, oil, and um, and then we, you know provide them weapons. Um, you know, they use their weapons and their own proxy armies regionally. Um, so the blood is on the hands of Saudi Arabia and not always the United States, but we're partners with Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, these pipelines that are set up in Turkey, it's kind of a race through Syria to see who gets to connect to these pipelines in Turkey. Is it going to be Saudi Arabia? Is it going to be, uh, Iran and, um, you know, Syria has become this 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 horrendous, um, you know, battleground um, for um, for these for these specified interests of of war and oil, um, and and um, and what we see now with the United States, um, this president um, getting getting involved there of uh, you know bombing uh, Syrian government. And military for uh, bases, runways, um, which is an illegal act of war. Um, not that the United States isn't doing a lot of illegal things, um, which would internationally be considered war crimes. Um, this, in particular, really does show the um, the bravado and the reactionary, um, you know, kind of unilateral actions that this White House, this administration, is willing to take um, without going through Congress. And then you know you've got members of Congress who are, you know. Just, not talking about it, and some who are saying, "Well, it's a good thing that we went in to, you know, to show them that we want to save the children." But the United States does horrendous things on a daily basis with drone warfare in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, in Yemen, in Somalia. I mean, the, the United States is, uh, has blood all over its hands. Um, but I think uh, you know we're, we're looking right here as many different factors, many different players um, connected on 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 different levels, um, and it's it's a race for profit, and um, it's endangering people's lives either way, regardless of who dropped the the who you know released the chemical warfare on these poor people. Um, you know it's serving it's serving the end goal, which is profit for. Uh, Oil uh, profit for war manufacturing. Um, so you know, I, and, and David Grace, I, I really I appreciate you giving us a call in today. Um, and you know, I, we, we can, as, as Dave, Diamond Dave likes to say, you know, this can be to be continued. If you want to give us a call next week, um, we're certainly happy to take your call. And Gary, of course, thank you for being part of this discussion um, as we kind of look at maybe what. All of these, the, the the relationship between all these players um, is certainly um, uh, something to to explore. Um, but right now, uh, I'm going to play a little music here on Kim Thread Collective. And uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Oh, oh. 
You are listening to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. We are an open studio here, open uh, mic, open hearts. Um, And if you want to come down and join us sometime, play your music, read your poetry, tell us about your activism, your community, um, what you're um, paying attention to, um, we'd be happy to welcome you. We're at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets here in the Mission District of San Francisco. And... um, yeah, I'm going to play a little more music, and then I'm going to bring in some guests um, who are just kind of cruising through the neighborhood and uh, thinking about uh, starting their own show here, possibly, um, as well as I see musician John Rodano came in and a couple other folks who have uh, come through. So I'm going to check in with them and see see who's here for what, and uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. But, I, you know, stay tuned, because you're probably really going to like this song.
now. Friday. It's a little overcast today. Feeling a little foggy myself. Um, but uh, thanks for listening to the Common Thread Collective. So I got a couple cool, cool folks, cool friends here in the studio right now. I've got Anna from Venezuela. Hi. Hi. If you want to get a little closer to that microphone, you'll be. We'll hear you more clearly. And we got uh, DJ Zion. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a DJ. You used to be a DJ. Tell us about what you were telling us at the break oh, time. Oh, this is true. Uh, back at UC Santa Barbara, they had a training radio station called K-Juice. And uh, it was on, uh, I think it was on the AM airwaves. Not like uh, the regular station, hmm. KCSB. Oh, okay. It was a different one. Yeah, it was a different one. So they gave you this opportunity to give you, uh, they gave you two hours, do a show, and you would create a list of your music and you would turn it in so they would check mm. well my show <laughs> no one had a list of my music i was playing uh christian dance music i know it sounds strange but christians like to dance we like to boogie <laughs> and um it was really interesting because i would create this list and i think i had a maybe 10 cds <laughs> that i had to pick all the music from and you know quite a few times i had to repeat the list um, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to uh, to play that music. Yeah, I I wanted a show when I was at UC Santa Barbara, but all of the shows were time slots were like three in the morning, and I was, or or you know worse, you know like six in the morning, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was not willing or able to um, make it to any of those time <laughs> slots. I was only on the radio in Santa Barbara one time, and my a, a friend of mine, freshman year, had a show. Okay. And so I was like her guest one time. Nice. Um, I actually have a picture of me at this, what was it, K, what was this UC Santa Barbara station called? There was KCSB. KCSB. Yeah. That was it. So there's like a picture of like 18-year-old me uh, KCSB with my roommate, you know, we just went in to like talk about nothing. Nice. Um, yeah. And, uh, did you talk be- the whole time or did you play any music? I don't really remember. I was probably pretty high. 
Right. <laughs> was UCSB after all? I was 18 after all. Uh, <laughs> confessions of Global Val. Um, <laughs> I had to ask what when midterms were because I saw, I randomly saw people uh, studying in the in the student lounge one day, you know, which I never saw happen. Like people just like sitting at the tables actually studying in the dorms. I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're studying. I'm like, for what? <laughs> for midterms. I'm like midterms huh happen don't they okay i've heard that word before i've had those in high school when are they check your syllabus i have that somewhere i do yeah i still did well with my classes but i i certainly um you know straightened out and uh and paid more attention after that that's great that's great (laughs) but speaking of speaking of education um Anna, you're here in San Francisco yeah. from Venezuela. What bring? What brought you? Why did you come to San Francisco? Oh well, uh, I have been already two years here. Um, actually, I decide San Francisco just because everyone told me San Francisco you will love San Francisco when you arrive, and I decide to come here just for six months to improve my English. Um, well, after a while, I told myself, yeah. I really love this city. (laughs) I want to stay longer. And well, that's why I am still here. I don't know if this is the place where I'm going to stay forever, but at least for now, I I am enjoying. um, I uh, want to stay a a little bit longer and and keep learning and keep meet more people. Yeah, because every day I learn, I met a lot of people from everywhere. That's the good thing also from about San Francisco. Nice. Yeah, it's true. I know. There's so many interesting people to meet. Um, so what's your, what do you, uh, I guess, what's what do you like the most about San Francisco? Or can you well, even describe it? <laughs> I think uh, one of the things that uh, brought me here, or oh, decide San Francisco, is actually that uh, in Venezuela, I used to go to a uh, beach almost every weekend. Uh, my, the beach was like 30 minutes from my home. So uh, I, I thought I need a place where I at least can breathe the ocean. And mm-hmm. every time I am running around the city, uh, I feel my freedom when I breathe uh, the ocean. Uh, yeah. I really need that. And I can live in a city where the ocean is so far uh, yeah, th- Same th- 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 that's the, the most important thing in San Francisco. The, the, the coast, the, uh, the beach is so close and San Francisco is so uh, small. You can walk uh, to around uh, the city all the time, uh, anywhere. You, I really don't need a car. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it is really nice. The yeah. transportation and, and the size of the city make it really convenient. I agree. I grew up in San Francisco near, near Ocean Beach and uh, then went to UC Santa Barbara, and uh, I need to be near the ocean or or water or something. It's yeah. it's it's a lifestyle thing. It is a lifestyle thing. <laughs> I find that people climate really matters. Location really matters. Having that fresh air. I mean, Southern California is great. But there's not a lot of fresh air moving around. It's really clogged with smog. You're at the beach and you're looking at the horizon. You. St- beautiful sunsets but it's still you've got that just haze and cloud that you're you're trying to look through don't really have that up here and some of those breezes are very crisp but yeah it's very refreshing 
very cleansing for the soul, I think. Yeah, and it's nice. We're it's springtime now. Um, apparently, we're still getting rain. Last night was a big storm. It was yeah. like a hurricane. There were trees. I I was over in 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 Berkeley, and uh, this morning we saw that these two giant trees had fallen down in the park, like really big ones. And oh. <laughs> it's like whoa. Um, yeah, we don't. I guess here in the Bay Area, we don't always see like the destructive part of of storms you know we're not near the russian river which floods or the sacramento river which floods or um you know different parts around the state that have like wildfires or things but um or landslides or landslides yeah like down in pacifica and things like that but yeah so to wake wake up and look outside and see just a giant tree on the ground you know was Kind of put you in your place a right. little bit. Right. <laughs> Did you experience any power outages last night? Nope. That's good. Nope. Yeah, but I, I thought maybe maybe we would. Um, so so Anna, you you thinking about uh, getting into radio? Yeah, I am very interested. Um, actually, my major is accounting, so I am always being in an opposite side, uh, just interacting with a desk and a computer. Um, well, I just realized a few ago that I maybe I want to speak more with people, interact more with people, meet more people every day, um, and yeah, just put my personality out there, and, and that's what I am looking for. Cool. Yeah, and I I was if people who are out there listening, if you want to have a show at Mutiny Radio, you can. It's pretty easy. Um, so we have a, a training program. Basically, this is a community radio station. So all of the DJs um, pay dues uh, every month, based just really to keep the door open and the lights on. Um, no, no big major expenses beyond that. Um, so if you wanted to come and be uh, become a DJ or just train to be a DJ, you can go through the training program uh, with our station manager, uh, Pam Benjamin. And um, if anybody's interested, you can contact her at her email, Pam Sedai. I'll spell it for you. P-A-M-S-E-D-A-I at, what did I say it was? Gmail, Hotmail. Um, course now I, I can't think of it right now uh a hotmail pam said at hotmail.com and you can set up a time and just give her a call or send her an email rather and uh it's about 20 hours of training um you do pay to go through the training process uh you'd work in the studio with with pam and then you'd work in the studio um with her during some live shows because we have live performances here sometimes um so you train on you know how that how that works to have performers out in the in the, in the gallery space um, and in here and doing all the transitions and things, and then after you go through your training and show prove that you can actually show up for your for your time slot, um, there are open spaces in our program or, or programming where you can get a one hour or two hour show and pay monthly dues like the rest of us. And it's only the dues are per show. So if you get trained, but let's say you have a friend or a couple of friends who want to come and like do the project with you, you, know, you can share the costs and it's not going to be any more for that. But um, we do like to uh, bring people in a free speech station, all internet based streaming around the planet on the internet. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. 
Do you have any ideas about what you might uh, want to talk about or, um, or focus on? Not sure, but uh, probably talking about my country because there is a lot going on right now. Um, yeah, I bet there is people here that don't know, don't really know what's going on there. Um, yeah, um, I, I want to support them uh, in, in this, um, at least whatever I can do from here. So maybe just uh, tell them, the people, what they really need, what they are really asking for, um, and what they are um, now. They, they, they are suffering a lot because the government uh, is taking everything of the population, so it's very hard. Yeah. But well, yeah, that's uh, just one idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it's great. I mean, and it, you know, it could be in English, it could be Spanish, whatever, yeah. you know, it's like, do, it's like kind of free format, do what you want. Um, what is, um, what's something going on in Venezuela right now, um, kind of more specifically that uh, people are concerned about, that you're concerned about? Well, uh, right now, people are making protests um, because um, actually the Congress is getting less um, authority just because the government decide to to put them them down um, yeah um, the, now the, the the people the community is is everyone is on the street and is protest because of that but I don't know if being on the street is uh, is making that the government take care of them uh, and listen to them so Let's see what's happened. Yeah. yeah, it's a big, it's a, it's a lot of action like that yeah. all, all around right now. Yeah, it's very hard to see them like that. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you came down to Mutiny Radio today. Yeah. And Zion brought you down. Zion's been here before to yeah, read before. Some, of, some of your writing. And uh, hear some other uh, musicians that we know perform. Yep. Yeah, this is definitely a good spot. Yeah, well, you're, you know, you're always welcome anytime, both of you, any of you, bring your friends. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Yeah, if people want to play music or read from their, their novels in progress or poetry or, yeah, you want to come down and talk about something going on in Venezuela, we are here. This is the Common Thread Collective. <laughs> All right. Every Friday from 3 till 6 o'clock. Yeah. All right, thanks. Right. right on. Do you have any musical requests I could drum up on a on like a youtube page and uh <laughs> well science got his a pensive look on his face right yeah, now i'm trying to think uh no pressure i could find something too <laughs> something jazzy something jazzy something jazzy hmm <laughs> jazzy jazzy let's see uh like um like some Miles Davis type of jazz? That's it, right there. Okay, let's see. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Here's some, uh, we'll play a little Miles Davis. All right, thanks Why a bunch. Not? <laughs> this is the radio. We don't like dead air, but this uh, this is called In a Silent Way. <laughs>
thought it was sunk in But when you were looking Started resurfacing And you knew better And you know better Baby, well, it seems to fit you so well, so put it on, suck it up, and put it on. Best of me, they will get the best. 
goes out to find out who there is to be. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to her. Listening to the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio.fm in San Francisco's Mission District 21st in Florida. In just a minute or two, we're going to have some live music from John Rodano. So, uh, John, if you hear, if you can hear my voice, uh, get on up there on the stage, and we'll give you a few minutes to set up. Uh, in the meantime, um, there is a, a few couple events to uh, to highlight. Um, there's going to be a big um, Day of Resilience, Resistance, and Restitution. That's on Saturday, April 15th. That's tax day. But here in San Francisco, a day of celebration for SF natives and residents reclaiming space. Um, hashtag 415-DAY, D-A-Y, um, Saturday, April 15th. Um, and I believe that there's going to be actions all around the country on tax day. Um, well, initially because they wanted the president to release his tax information. And then he came out and he released some like old taxes from like 2005, um, where it showed he made some money. Um, but certainly not anything too um, revealing so to speak. Um, but 
anyhow, um, oh, a, a lot happening. I'm calling it the year of the town hall. Um, but a couple other events that I wanted to highlight uh, tonight is going to be a really special event at the SF Jazz Center down on Franklin Street. Um, the the SF Jazz has a poet laureate, uh, Jenny Lim, and she has put together a uh, poetry festival series since April is National Poetry Month. It's also National Jazz Month. So um, tonight there's going to be a really cool show over at SF Jazz um, featuring uh Jennifer Barone and Daniel Hefez um, doing some some jazz poetry as they do. Uh, those those two are hosts of the monthly word party, which happens at the Piano Fight every third Tuesday uh, in the evening, where there's a a, a live jazz band headed by uh, Daniel Hefez and um, and his crew kind of people who are part of his his band called Nova Jazz um, and a few other um, really amazing musicians and the band's on stage and if you want to come and read a poem you can read a poem and the jazz band will accompany you Uh, that's the word party so uh, Jennifer and Daniel have a long lot of experience uh, doing jazz poetry so they and Jenny Lim are going to be performing SF Jazz tonight the tickets are $15 and the show starts at 8 o'clock and um, let me throw in a little music while I do a mic check for John, and uh, we'll be we'll be doing it. Um, the music you're listening to is uh, Kelly McFarlane from her album Distractable Child. I think we've got those microphones ready to roll. John Rodano, who's been a member of our collective for a long time, albeit intermittently, and that's just fine. Uh, John played it at our uh, Common Thread Collective fundraiser back in, I think it was 2011. Um, we had a big old show. We should probably do that again. Um, but uh, good to see you, John. And give us a couple of songs i know you've probably been busy writing some protest songs or social commentary and etc so uh go for it so this first song my wife uh wrote this the lyrics to this the day after the inauguration it was kind of an act of uh uh, self-medication and uh had me put it to uh, music so it's called post-election acute depression blues Post-election, acute depression, post-election, acute depression, take two aspirin and kill the pain, four hours later it's all the same, post-election, acute depression. Your friends and family got the same condition. Friends and family got the same condition. 
gotta be working midterm elections gotta be thinking of a new direction post-election group typhosis Just eat your chocolate, smoke all your pot. Gotta get over this post-election acute depression blues. Mass hypnosis, group psychosis, mass hypnosis, group psychosis, blowing my brains with high explosives. The truth is lies, the lies are true, no matter what you see, it's nothing to change a house the people's house can't drain the swamp from the old white house four years of Trump and four of Pence two of Ryan if we got any sense mass hypnosis group psychosis Take some time, get centered again. Take some time, get centered again. And protest, resist, pick up your pen. Hit the sidewalk and bring a friend. Post-election group psychosis. Ain't too late. Ain't too late to change our fate Take a trip where the red flag flows We're all brethren, we're not foes
Maggie. Right on, John. Andrea and your wife. I know you collaborate a lot together. <laughs> yeah, we all certainly needed some some chocolate and and maybe some pot after that. After all that. <laughs> but we need to get back to work. Exactly, and it, you know, I f I feel like people are at work. I feel like. You know, people have, have woken up, even though it feels kind of like it's nightmarish situation. Um, th there's a lot of activism happening right now that wasn't necessarily happening under Obama when there could have been a lot more reaction to some of the terrible policies that were being enacted and, and carried out uh, over the past eight years. But, you know, it's kind of hard to ignore this, um, well, this shit show of sorts um, and... Uh, all the anti-humane policies that are coming out of this White House. Um, so, was that, did you have another song? I have one more song. I thought you might. All of your emails, tell them to Facebook, Twitter, whatever you do. Taking us a record of your every move We even got all your music, we know how you groove Got the best security a country could find A fumigate the whole house to catch us one fly And it's all coming in just as quick as a blink When we know what you're reading, watch we know how you think I ain't your father, I ain't your mother I know you better than anyone other Cause I'm big brother Yeah, I'm big brother I'm big brother in everything you do It's something you're gonna get used to Cause I'm big brother and I'm watching over you Well, oh well, I guess or well said it best We're getting all these numbers, it ain't just a test And we gotta watch all the people and that includes you Cause if you really had some power, what the hell would you do? Now you're texting, sexting, thinks anonymous blind And I chuckled at the posting of your cute behind And you said it was the traffic why you came home so late GPS says you detoured for a hot quickie date And again, we're getting all this data, it won't ever stop We're gonna keep our reputation as the world's biggest cop We know where you eat, we know where you shop we know if you like to be bottom or top Well, I ain't your father, I ain't your mother I know you better than anyone other Cause I'm big brother I'm big brother and everything you do Is something you're gonna just get used to Cause I'm big brother and I'm watching over you Now Manning and Assange gave you a clue 
Snowden put it all on a platter for you We even hacked Santa's list and we're checking it twice We're gonna find out if you've been naughty or nice From the day that you're born, the day that you die We're gonna keep on checking if you're on the right side So go about your business and keep a clean nose While Big Brother sorts you all into friends and to foes I ain't your father, I ain't your mother I know you better than any one other Cause I'm Big Brother uh, I'm Big Brother and everything you do It's something you're gonna just get used to Cause I'm Big Brother and I'm watching over you Thanks, John. It's so true. You know, I like how you bring up Edward Snowden. You know, if anyone hasn't like checked in with Edward Snowden in a while, do it because he's so he's so articulate in in uh, in explaining. You know the the extent of the NSA's uh, surveillance of everyday citizens um, and also why he exposed that and why he felt he had to expose it um, through um, uh, through newspapers and and such um, because uh, there's a, so many um, so so many permissions have been granted in secret and behind closed doors in so many different layers and uh, and we just saw um, kind of an extension of that about a week or so ago when the Congress uh, voted to um, allow um, internet companies to to sell um, our personal information uh, to advertisers um, which is an FCC that was repealing an FCC rule that had gone into place a couple of years uh, ago um, so obviously not um, the the US government uh, especially the Republican Party who you know keeps like raising you know waving the flag of whoa we need smaller government um, you know it's just kind of letting people's privacy get invaded left and right and um, it's it's a it's something that I I fear um, for the younger generations growing up, especially people who've grown up with a cell phone or a smartphone or an iPhone in their hands, not really understanding the the um, how how important personal privacy is, and often not even understanding how much of their information is being uh, followed, you know, surveilled, um, collected, um, and what that you know, what that can mean for people, so. Well, I think we're heading for a very dystopian future, and uh, it's funny how things work out. You know, years ago, I was trying to write a science fiction story, and I was imagining the government was gonna put a chip in everybody's body so they know what they're doing. And instead, they got where people just buy these cell phones, and you know, it's the same thing. Um, but now, it's, it's, uh, it's like at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, uh, workers were commodities for capitalism. And then uh, workers were uh, consumers to help the business going. Now they've combined the two because, as a person, you are your your DNA and your your uh, and all of your emails and your calls. You're now a commodity, also again, just like an industrial revolution. So we're just being used in every every way possible, and it, it's really going to take a, a revolution to overturn this because you know they're just sucking into this and sucking into us, and and you know we're all a part of it. 
We're all a part of it. I use my cell phone, you know, probably a hundred times today. Right. And that's recorded somewhere. <laughs> it's, right. There's you know, a there's a record, yeah. you know, so, somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm going to these, uh, you know, sites in in the Middle East and Asia, you know, and I suddenly get an ad for Guitar Center or Rainbow Grocery. I'm going, how to, you know. Right. <laughs> Where's this coming from? Yeah. How do they know where, where I am, where I'm shopping, what I've been, right. like, thinking right. about buying? Right. Yeah, it does. All those things that pop up and are suggested and... Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly not a private thing anymore. You know, I, I, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's not. Um, and it's, those are rights that, that shouldn't be, um, left to the wayside in, in these, uh, new, new world discussions. Um, so thank you for singing about that. Okay. It's necessary. Well, I'm glad you came down here on a Friday. You're still holding your guitar. Is there something that you else you wanted to do, John, or anything else you wanted to mention? Or uh, well, I suppose I could mention there's a uh, book release party for Roger Scott tomorrow at the uh, at the Living Wage Coalition over at the Redstone Building, and uh, I'll be performing there too. But Roger Scott, he uh, you know he he goes back a long way, and I'm I'm going to buy one of his books, but it's something to go to. And then uh, on April 29th, Radical Acoustic is going to be doing a show at Café du Soul on a Waller in Fillmore, and I'm one of uh, six performers for that cabaret. I'm the only one out of the group that doesn't have a CD, but, you know. <laughs> but uh, if you're, uh, the theme for that show is going to be May Day. So if you're interested in spending a few hours listening to a lot of well, workers and union songs and, and radical songs, and uh, that's a good place to go on a Saturday the 29th. Saturday the 29th. And, and again, you said uh, the, that was at Waller and Fillmore? Yeah. Okay, and what time is that show? From like 7.30 to 9.30. Okay. Well, we'll certainly put that out there, the Radical Acoustic uh, crew. Nice. Well, thanks, John. And I'm glad you came down here on a Friday. I know Diamond Dave's not here today. He would have loved to have seen you. But um, if you get another free afternoon, I'll I'll come back again. We'll be here. (laughs) Thanks, John. All right. Hey, you know what this calls for? I think this calls for a little rage against the machine. And I'm going to just say, everybody, you're always welcome here at the Common Thread Collective.
dreams, all of which are American dreams. Execution. Ah, Rage Against the Machine. Where would we be without Rage Against the Machine? Um, Totally in their own category. Um, So, hey, Gary's out there at the microphone. He's got something to throw down. Go for it, Gary. This poem is called A Letter to My Revolutionary Comrade. I thought I was burning for Bernie. It turned out to be the chlamydia. If I told you I voted for Hillary, would that get rid of you? You say it doesn't matter if we vote. It's always the same boot on our throat. The barrel of the gun decides who lives and who dies. They're all just two sides of the same coin that you want to spend. An argument over money cost me a friend. Trump rabies, any other requests? Can I, can I rant? Uh, thank you, thank you. And, and that sums up much of the experience I've had in the last, ooh, 11 weeks, not 13, 11 weeks, because many people on the left are being triggered by a massive propaganda media campaign active measures that's affecting all of us. But one of the most frustrating things are the apologists continually for Putin. And when I say that, the revolutionary comrade in the poem is someone who would have passionately attacked me for, for spreading propaganda today on Facebook and on the air. How dare I attack Vladimir Putin for gassing children to find out military technology that might make their ineffective standoff missiles hit something someday. How dare I? And there have been so many fracture points in the last three weeks. I was attacked last Thursday at Mission 16 by someone I've known for a year and a half who also performs at Mission 16 while I was trying to do Trump rabies. There have been so many things in the last several weeks that have actually jeopardized my faith in humanity, if not my safety. Many of them from the left. Whatever is happening, I describe it as active measures, whatever it is, however you want to view it and analyze it, we have to stop fighting each other if we're going to oppose Trump. We have to. Attacking each other isn't going to help. Saying anything positive about Vladimir Putin or Trump isn't going to help. Attacking anti-Trump people because we, they, are monomaniacally focused on Putin is helping Trump, is helping Putin. If you don't agree with an anti-Trump person, try to disagree privately and quietly, if at all. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for the PSA about unity, Gary. I appreciate that. That's what the Common Thread Collective is all about.
coming together. That's what the Common Thread Collective is all about. We cast that wide net, find the common thread, let life flourish, and don't panic. Let's keep it organic. Keep rolling along through this wilderness of what's going on now and what we'd like to see in a better world. And um, Just keep it up, folks. Keep uh, reaching out, loving one another, sharing in these uh, experiences, sharing these ideas. I had a really inspiring group of uh, women here as my guests on Women's Magazine today. Uh, they were... And there were two students from UC Berkeley um, who are part of the Surge group on campus. That's the Students United for Reproductive Justice, um, Elizabeth Wells and uh, Phoebe uh, Abramowitz. And um, they have been working um, to try to uh, get UC Berkeley to agree to have um, abortion medication available at the campus uh, health center. Um, so they've been working through the, the bureaucratic, uh, navigating the bureaucratic um, world that is the UC, UC Berkeley, the UC system at, at large. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're feeling kind of supported in theory, but not in practice. And ultimately, we're being told no. Uh, incidentally, Dr. Diane Tober and some of her fellows at the Women's Policy Institute were also looking for some legislation to craft and uh, were inspired by the student movement um, to try to get medical medication abortion at UC Berkeley. And so the, the groups paired up and um, uh, were able to uh, put together um, uh, some a bill, um, also working with uh, California State Representative Connie Leva of Pomona, California, um, who put forward this bill. It's called SB 320. And it would basically um, allow, or actually mandate that all uh, University of California, California State Universities, and community colleges uh, in the state of California uh, make abortion medication available uh, through their student health um, services. Um, and, um, you know, they, they, they made it a point to say, you know, with this huge attack on women's rights, um, the women's reproductive rights getting just axed all, all across the nation uh, with Mike Pence in the White House. Um, uh, this huge attack on, um, on women's access to legal, constitutionally uh, legal abortions um, and, just, uh, and other just sex education, very basic things, contraception, um, accurate information. Um, so in the bigger picture, they were saying, you know, if we can support SB 320, that's actually going to make a difference in people's lives. Um, and it's a way to um, kind of set the tone and continue and to push for women's rights and, and uh, in this era where they're just being viciously attacked left and right. Um, so um, if, if you wanted to get more information about that, listen to Women's Magazine from today, April 7th, 2017. I'm Global Val. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show. Uh, we are sad that, that Diamond Dave wasn't feeling well today. Um, but I have a feeling that he, he's a pretty sp- he's a pretty springy uh, chicken uh, that he'll be he'll be back in action in a few days and uh, he's already talking about next week. So uh, please do join us. It is National Poetry Month and so there's a lot of events happening. Starting, like I said uh, earlier, um, mentioned earlier that tonight at SF Jazz on Franklin Street, 
is um, a poetry festival that's been curated by the SF Jazz Poet Laureate Jenny Lim. Um, so tonight she and Jennifer Barone and Daniel Hefez are going to be doing some jazz poetry. Tickets are $15. The show starts at 8. Head on out to SF Jazz. Um, but there's also an, a full series of things happening throughout the, the weekend at SF Jazz. Um, let's see. I want to consult my calendar. Oh, my goodness. April is here. Um, let's see. What else is happening? Um, <laughs> yes, Kasi Dot. Number three, a show, um, a, a poetry showcase that is curated by uh, Blood Flower and James Ellis. Uh, it's going to be happening on Easter Sunday, Sunday, April 16th at Adobe Bookstore from 4 to 6 p.m. That's Adobe Books over on 24th Street. And um, it's going to be a great show. Uh, E.K. Keith, um, Richard Sanderell, Kim Shuck, Bayer. Uh, Taylor, yours truly, Global Val, um, and um, Tongo Ice and Martin are all going to be performing at Kasidat at Adobe Books, which is Arabic for poetry. Kasidat, K-A-S-S-I-D-A-T. This is Kasidat 3. Adobe Books is at 3130 24th Street in San Francisco's Mission District. They have it on the events calendar as well, adobebooks.com. And then, oh man. April, just talking about it. Uh, I'm featuring at Sacred Grounds uh, Cafe on Wednesday, April 19th in the evening, as things it starts at 7, 7.30. Um, and then on Saturday, April 22nd is an Earth Day Festival uh, where I'll be one of the MCs during the earlier part of the day. Uh, the March for Science is also having a big rally and march down Market Street, and we'll be meeting up at Civic Center Plaza uh, to be part of Earth Day. And it'll be a series of teachings and speeches, but also great music and community and uh, opportunities to to connect and uh, learn some new things and uh, carry that forward as we see uh, the environmental movement really needing to ramp up considering the attacks against the Environmental Protection Agency coming again from, oh, this charming White House. Um, then, of course, the piece de résistance, Poems Under the Dome, number 12, San Francisco City Hall, Thursday, April 27th, 5.30 to 8 p.m. Get there a little early. We're going to have a little ceremony under the rotunda, uh, a blessing by Jorge Molina, Community Blessing before we go into the North Light Court uh, for an evening of the mother of all open mics, the biggest open mic in San Francisco, celebrating National Poetry Month. Check out more information at poemdome.net. Uh, also, throughout the month of April, uh, there may be some open mics in your neighborhood where somebody might show up and pull a name from from that community's uh, open mic night uh, to get a pre-selected reading spot at City Hall. But uh, there will be a big green hat at City Hall. Go put your name in the hat. We'll be pulling names throughout the evening and you can read one poem, one poem in three minutes or less, uh, preferably. If you've got a haiku, then you have given 17 glorious seconds uh, to the public and created more space for more people to read. Uh, it's a very special event to be able to read inside beautiful City Hall and uh, 
It's going to be a big year, folks. I've got a feeling. So with all that, oh, oh, and then, um, and then on April 23rd, um, I'm backtracking April 23rd. There's going to be a show at the California jazz conservatory in Berkeley, formerly the called the Berkeley jazz school. Uh, but the California Jazz Conservatory, the CJC, is having a show that evening um, with jazz and poetry. And uh, check it out. Lots of things you can do in April. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read a couple poems. And then I'm going to wrap up here. Mm, okay. Here's one. I just wrote it. The girl builds her temple of sticks and rocks and sand, carefully arranging the tower of twigs. She spreads her feet and begins to click the rocks together, looking for a spark. Man and boy stand off to the river and destroy the rocks, thrown, throw them until one becomes two or more, dislodging and tossing till their arms grow sore. Lady lingers riverside. Warm rocks soothe the bones and nerves of she who sees the light through closed eyes and feels the flowing at her feet through her toes and deep into the earth, wishing for weather to always take its course. Here's another one. I was going to work the other day and I was putting my watch on and I wrote this poem. We wrap time around our bodies. A wristwatch to track the minutes, seconds, hours. A string around the finger to help us remember something timely. Nowadays, a gentle push of the thumb to reveal numbers. Count them, add, but never subtract. Oh, the weight of lateness the pinch of margins, the suggestion of a schedule. Hold your breath for what happens next. But what about now? I like to watch the seasons unfold. The blossom trees are different from yesterday. I wasn't there to see them grow dark red leaves, sprout fuchsia buds, unfurl into soft pink petals one at a time. Yet, here I gaze at the wonder of what happened overnight and crane my chainless neck, fall into the sky for one beautiful moment. In this last piece I'm going to read, I wrote it and performed it at the word party in March. I remember the word party happens every third Tuesday in, uh, at the Piano Fight, which is at 144 Taylor Street in the Tenderloin. And so um, this month, April, National Poetry Month, the National Jazz Month, coming all together, come on out. It's a free show. Um, it's an amazing experience, uh, even if you're just not performing um, 
but just to, to be there and to witness. And, you know, you can have a drink or, or order some food if you want, but it's not necessary. But it's a really fun, pretty cool spot. So the next uh, word party, again, third Tuesday of every month, that'll be April 18th, um, set, starting at 7 o'clock, 7 to 9. So last month uh, was Women's Month, and um, I, I didn't realize that they had a, a theme uh, for the word party, but they did, and it was Women's Month, and it was a really cool show. It was a pretty amazing uh, showcase <laughs> of people getting up there, um, and so <clears throat> I wrote a poem while I was sitting in the booth that night, because I was thinking about, uh, I'm a fifth generation San Franciscan, and I've always been, I'm, an, I'm Native American as well, and part of my lineage, but um, I, I I always think about I kind of marvel at my ancestors who got on boats, crossed the ocean, never planning to return home, and uh, what that must what that must take um, to decide to do that. Um, so I wrote this poem. For all of my four forefathers and foremothers who, who did just that, and um, and also for the people right now who are leaving their homelands, never to return, or not knowing if they ever will. Voyager, emigrant, refugee. What can you carry across the sea? Grandmother's recipes stuffed into your basket, a little cash stuffed into your bra, a packet of your favorite heirloom seeds and dreams of the soil that it may feed. Compelled to leave with a head full of curls and the need to breathe free. Free from the noxious gases, from the warring factions, from the abject poverty, from the small minds of kings and priests and families. What would you do? What would you take with you if you were forced to leave with only your bravery? Would you, like our Syrian sister from Aleppo, fashion a dress to remember all that you know? The features of an ancient city, now bombed, its people and landmarks gone. But she wears her home on her sleeve and in her pleats, reaching for sanctuary, for hands to hold the door open, for warmth in the cold, so that she may live to be the bold, beautiful, brilliant adventurer inside us all. I'm Global Val. Thank you for listening to the Common Thread Collective today. We'll see you next week. Come down and join us. 2781 21st Street, mutinyradio.fm, streaming around the planet on the internet. It's all about the love, folks. Keep that light shining. Take care of yourselves and each other. Hold a hand. Do a dance. Share a meal. Share a smile. Seems to fit you so good.
We love you, Diamond Dave. Feel better, my friend. We'll see you next week.
that's been the situation all along. Straight and keep moving 
reach up and reach your hands to the sky even though you might not see it even though you might not ever see it
I've always wanted in the long term right now right now right now right now hello September hello again hello 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 and I wish that you had been this
there's a broken glass It looks like stars in the moon It looks like icicles in the grass And all of the people are out here doing The things that people do Is not the only thing that's true And which one are you? And which one are you? And which one are you? with a needle? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. Statistics show that no. No, you should not inject bleach into your eyeball with a needle. Paid for by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, 
I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Four We are Unleash the Rain, and we're coming to you streaming live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. here at MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission in San Francisco. Because we need more rain in San Francisco. Yes, we're still in a drought here in California, but this is a business show, you silly man. Uh, I was hoping for a rain dance. Well, why, that would be a lot of fun, and we do have a lot of fun on the show. What we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses leverage technology to increase revenue and reduce expenses and make it rain for your business. Are you sure it's going to be fun if I listen? We are very fun. We're also real world. We are not messing around. We're going to give you the real deal. Cool. So I can send an email to Vincent at Unleash the Rain or Stacy at Unleash the Rain and ask my business question or my yes, technology question? Absolutely. Ask us your business and technology questions. We would love to answer those on the air. And then listen to our podcast or listen to us live on and, Tuesdays. And also Tuesdays. check us out on Facebook at Unleash the Rain. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You 
sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. This is a story of three strangers hosting an open mic. When comics stop being polite and start getting real. This is the Six Sad Open Mic. Every Tuesday from 8 to 10 p.m. and every fourth Tuesday as our Six Sad Showcase. Brought to you by Adrian Villalone, Valerie Vernali, and Katie Carnes. See you there, angsties. You're standing on my neck. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? 
We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> LSD fap acid fapping fapping acid acid fapping fapping acid. I know we all thought that they couldn't, but here's the thing, right? I just want people. All I care about now is people sticking to their beliefs. If you believe something, go fuck it all the way, right? Don't half-ass it. That's why I think if they want to try to prevent Muslims, they want less Muslims in the country. If you're like me, you're probably wondering, should I inject bleach into my eyeballs with a needle? Well, that's an excellent question. I'm so glad you asked. Statistics show that no. No, you should not inject bleach into your eyeball with a needle. Paid for by the committee to stop injecting bleach into the eyeballs with needles. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. Global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes 
every Monday from 6 to 8. That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> We are Unleash the Rain, and we're coming to you streaming live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. here at MutinyRadio.fm in the Mission in San Francisco. Because we need more rain in San Francisco. Yes, we're still in a drought here in California, but this is a business show, you silly man. Uh, I was hoping for a rain dance. Well, why, that would be a lot of fun, and we do have a lot of fun on the show. What we do is we help small and medium-sized businesses leverage technology to increase revenue and reduce expenses and make it rain for your business. Are you sure it's going to be fun if I listen? We are very fun. We're also real world. We are not messing around. We're going to give you the real deal. Cool. So I can send an email to Vincent at Unleash the Rain or Stacy at Unleash the Rain and ask my business question or my yes, technology question? Absolutely. Ask us your business and technology questions. We would love to answer those on the air. And then listen to our podcast or listen to us live on and, Tuesdays. And also check us out on Facebook. Yeah. 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 Yeah.